Are we ready? Who starts we're, this, well, Sarah? We're, we're recording. Oh, so. we're on. We're, oh, we're, yeah. We're oh, thanks, on already. Sarah. Okay. Talking about dude dad sponsorships. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll tag Diet Coke in this. Maybe they'll throw us a bone. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably take that out of there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's good. Well, uh, if if you haven't noticed already, we started. We just took off. <laughs> you want to play the intro music so it no, feels it's, complete? It's, no, it, it would feel fake. It would be phony at this point. So we'll just take off. I don't off. know. Huh? Let's do it. Just play it. Let's go. Let's play it. Oh, yeah. From the Atonement Fargo Studios on South University Drive in Fargo, North Dakota, this is... That podcast. Hey, to contact the crew, submit your questions or comments, go to atonement.live slash podcast questions. And now, here's those crazy people with That Podcast. Welcome, welcome to That Podcast. My name is Ryan Janke, and I'm joined by Pastor DJ Lura, Sarah DeYoung, and today, Pastor Becky Lee. Welcome, Becky. Hi. <laughs> thank you, you thank you for being thank here you. yeah should Fun. i get quiet now no no don't get <laughs> oh, quiet okay. now okay no now it's time to start yeah. talking so right. did we record the conversation about glasses no nope, i i started nope we started after uh, we started talking about dude dad and sponsorship oh okay oh. well so you know uh i always get my glasses fogged up halfway right now into the talk i'll just yeah. take them off um, but I can't figure out it how looks to like do it. From my angle, it looks like snake eyes with the fog. It's really? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it looks yeah. like, like a real make do, American hero, G.I. Joe. What you don't do, you have to put the mask under your rims. Under, well, they are yeah. under my rims, No, aren't it's they? not. But like way under there. Way under. Like there. <laughs> Higher up. And they, well, don't cover your eyes. Now Basically, you're looking like your son. Go up to the eyebrows. Now, now yeah, down just a little like bit there. Son. Like this? Yes. <laughs> and then yeah. they don't fog. Okay. Okay. Let's see what happens. Give okay. it, give it a whirl. It's fogging up a little bit, but <laughs> like, like well, they it's were, better. They hadn't unfogged yet. Like I said, when when I do mine, I I think you just have a really narrow nose. Yes. Could and be. then it, and then it comes up through it. Mm-hmm. Some of us have bigger noses. Yes. They get larger as we get older, you'll see. <laughs> your hate, ears and your nose I get hate bigger. to see where I'm at in a few years. I was going to say, that's the one thing with masks is my mom used to always joke that I have a pumpkin head. Like, I have a very large head. But mask wearing, I was like, man, I've got a big head. Because there are some that I put on and it's like deer sucker to my face. Well, some of those cloth ones, though, are, are not meant for anyone over the age of about seven well, they're kind of like string bikinis or something. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that on this podcast? You just did. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know about, you know, my nose getting bigger, but I can tell that I used to have more hair here, mm-hmm. and now it's coming out of places I wasn't expecting. He's like pointing my, to the back of his head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They didn't know what here was? Yeah. It's, go, it's disappearing here. Yep. An island is forming, and yep. then it's coming out of my ears and... I, I listened to a comedian. I, I wish I remembered his name, but he said what happens is as you get older, uh, your hair falls out, and on the way down, it just seeds everything that it passes. <laughs> <laughs> that is as good an explanation as I think I'll ever hear of uh, uh, just the reality of getting older. Well, uh, I can't talk. As a woman, I have much less on my legs and more on my chin as I get older. <laughs> I don't know how that works. So the direction mm. is reversed. Mm. It's reversed. It <laughs> went up so. instead of down. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, that's a silly conversation. 
It is. Yeah. We're about silly conversations. We're about serious ones, too, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. DJ, you're yeah. not fogging up now because you took them off. I took my glasses off, and that seemed to fix the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Punt. <sighs> if anyone else has... Uh, anyone else has remedies for keeping your glasses from fogging, they could just send that in. They could. That Ooh. podcast. Oh, yeah. We take... Su- at a later date. We take suggestions. We take there questions. Absolutely. Or we <laughs> yeah. could just pray about it, too. Something. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> this is good times. Yeah. This is f- fun <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, we have Pastor Becky Lee here. And... Uh, we want to talk about a few different things today. We'll see uh, how far we make it. Um, but uh, I, I think I would like uh, to ask you, uh, Becky, if you wouldn't mind sharing your faith story with us. But but I'm a lot older than all the people that you've asked before. So, I mean, this could take the whole podcast because well, I have that's lots okay. of different facets to it. Oh, that's okay. Well, it all started in a small town in southern Minnesota. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> like all good, like all good like stories. All good stories. <laughs> My hometown of Hayfield. Hayfield. Well, actually, a suburb of Hayfield called Rockdale. Rockdale, um, Minnesota. Yep. Okay. You're gonna look it up on I'm, Google. Yep. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, it's. Uh, we. Get, I grew up in a little farm, but it was. I had an unusual family in that my dad was an itinerant preacher. He was an evangelist in the Lutheran Church, and. Um, so he traveled and spoke in different churches around the Midwest. And my mom and my brother and I were at home a lot by ourselves when Dad was traveling. He'd be gone a week at a time and home for a weekend or home for a week and gone for three. And so um, we had kind of a neat closeness in our family when Dad was there. We were real close. And um, when he wasn't, my mom and my brother and I were real close. And little farm, enough to feed the sheep that we raised. And so that's kind of what my growing up was. My first two years of school were spent in uh, a one-room schoolhouse a mile from my farm. There were six kids in my first grade class. We were the biggest class. We were 26 students from grade one through six, and one teacher did us all. Wow. Wow. And we had outdoor potties. (laughs) 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 Even in the cold. Don't I sound old? In the cold of winter. And we had one um, gas-burning furnace stove in the middle of the room. So now I know that so that this is all taking place like in the... In the 1950s, 1950s, 60s. 1950s, 60s. I was born 51. But it got me thinking about uh, Little House on the Prairie. That's what I was thinking, <laughs> too. Which, which is in we Minnesota. We were after that. It's in Minnesota. Yeah, but it? I'm southeast Minnesota. Okay. I'm by Rochester. Okay. okay. Our farm's 50 miles out of Rochester. Okay. Little but House on the Prairie was in South Dakota, yes, it wasn't was. it? No. Oh, I thought it, it was in Walnut Minnesota. Walnut Grove? Dismit. Minnesota. That's well, Isn't oh, there a sign you, you drive by that says, Home of Laura Ingalls Wilder yes. every time? Okay, that is dismit. this Laura's story or mine? It's your story. <laughs> I'm abstract random, so when you say certain things, my mind goes someplace else. Uh, That's okay. But what I want to say was, from this little farm where I grew up, a mile and a half away was our family's church on the hill. And that's, you know, where I worshipped with my family. And obviously my dad being a preacher, um, we had a lot of, uh, let me see, family practices in the faith. And I don't remember a time when we weren't practicing our faith or a time that I wasn't loving Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so home, my, a home in the family was morning devotions and 
evening Bible stories before we went to bed with family always, either my brother, my mom and I, or my dad, and the three of us. And that doesn't happen in families anymore. Mm-hmm. There's just not the time for it. Right. But my parents always, and when we'd get through a Bible story book, we'd start another one, or we'd just start from the beginning and go right through it again. And mm. so I grew up knowing a lot, and I feel badly for kids these days, and a lot of adults who don't know all the Bible stories. Mm-hmm. And once they hear a story, you know, they've been in the church all their lives, and somehow they've missed it because they haven't read through the Bible. And they missed a story, and they go, this is the coolest story. Have you ever heard this? And I was like, well, Yeah. <laughs> Right. And it started, when I was 10 days old, my parents took me to my first Bible camp. My dad was speaking at it. And um, I was having a little bit of a hard time with some sleeping at night as a little baby. And my parents said, let's get our baby baptized. So I was baptized at Luther Crest Bible Camp at Alexandria. Oh, cool. On Lake Carlos in their chapel in 1951. Uh-huh. It was brand new. Uh-huh. Um, and I was just 10 days old. So that was my first Bible camp. Wow. And... Uh, got an early start mom and dad had a lot of friends of there a few friends of theirs at the camp and stuff so that was kind of neat and what happened i just i grew up in that church um growing up with luther league Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and uh so that's the parts i loved yeah let's let's fill in for our listeners a little bit now you said that that um your dad was an evangelist was that um like a like a called position in the church at that time because that's that's a that's a traditional yes and word. no yes and no it didn't start that way okay do you want me to tell i can tell you that part of my yeah. story my yeah. dad's story yeah a lot of people know it and a lot of people don't my dad was um my dad was a young man in his going to be just into his final year at luther seminary mm-hmm. he had taught first he had taught in a garrison south dakota high school and was a coach of all sports there and everything and got a call to ministry. And so um, was going to start his fourth year at Luther Seminary, and he had been in Sioux Falls playing golf with friends and came home to to the family farm for the weekend before he was going to go back to school. And um, he got sick over the weekend and uh, high fever, and uh, during time, polio epidemic, and he came down with polio. Mm. And my dad, he wrote a book about it, and I've only read it once or twice. The hardest part for me is when he said, when I crawled up the stairway and went into bed l- that night, it was hard for me to know that that was the last time I'd ever walk. Mm. Mm. Um, so what happened was that um, Luther Seminary took him in after treatment and rehabilitation. He was the first person to survive what was called an iron lung in Rochester, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And then he was transported to Minneapolis where he got more treatment, and he was eventually in a wheelchair. Um, And he got back to seminary, and, I mean, the guys, you remember Bachman, Mm -hmm. up and down the stairways, they'd take him in his wheelchair and stuff. and Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's a a hall at at Luther Seminary that has stairways because nothing was... Three floors. Yeah, nothing was handicapped accessible then. They're just my dad was part of a pioneer in making that possible too. Um, so then the, then the president of the seminary, they were they were, at that time they were very much more involved too with the students. So the president knew every student and what they were doing, and he said, "Really sorry, Ellen, but because of your handicap, we won't be able to give you a church, mm. but we'll find something for you to do." Mm. And so he was supposed to go teach school. He had, they had secured him a job to teach at Luther College. 
but he then he got an opportunity to be um, rehabilitated with the Sister Kenny Foundation in and meet Sister Kenny in Minneapolis. Okay, and so he chose to do that. Okay, and it was it was Luther College in Decorah, yeah, Iowa. Yeah, okay. that's where he went to school. That's where I went to school. Okay, okay, it's the family college. <clears throat> um, and then anyway, it it transpired that he had a he met a. One time when he was there in the Twin Cities after he, I can't remember if he had graduated already. He must have graduated when he met mom. Mm -hmm. He had to be in the hospital for just like a couple days. He was going through something, some treatments. And um, my mom happened to be there and she was a nurse. And she had heard of him because my dad had been written up, stories written about him in the Minneapolis paper mm -hmm. because of his treatments and things he had done. I'm going to go back to something else. He had ac actually also gone to Warm Springs, Georgia for treatment for a while where President Roosevelt was, and he was there at the same time oh, as President wow. Roosevelt hmm. for hot springs treatments for polio because a lot of people were doing that. Mm -hmm. And so there had been stories about him, you know, leaving on the train and coming back and being more rehabilitated and everything. And then, um, is this getting too involved? Mm. Okay. <laughs> it just, it's just how I get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He met this nurse who had read about him hmm. and wanted to meet him. And he saw her out there and said, she's kind of cute. Why don't you send her in? I'll say hi to her. <laughs> and uh, the next day they met and talked. And the next day she brought coffee and cookies or something like that. And uh, nine months later they were married. Wow. Too cool. Yeah. So um, that's my parents. And mom was a, a surgical nurse. Dad was uh, doing, trying to do things, you know, speaking sometimes in places. Mm -hmm. And uh, they lived in a downtown hotel in Minneapolis that used to have apartments, the big hotels. And then one time a friend of dad said, Alan, your gift is preaching. Why don't, why don't you come to my church and preach on Sunday? And we'll just do it during the week. Let's have a preaching series during the week. Mm -hmm. And so dad did that. And he called so excited after like the second night, he called my mom and said, I think I figured out what we're going to do. Cool. And so mom and dad started, um, they eventually bought, left the Twin Cities, bought our farm. And together during World War II, they traveled the, the upper United States, North and South Dakota, Minnesota, you know, on uh, gas rationing <laughs> and tire rationing, <laughs> yeah. and, but traveling to different churches and different, they'd go for a week at a time. So if there was a Norwegian Lutheran Church, ELC, mm -hmm. in North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, if my dad was there at some time over his time of preaching. So neat. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's my background of... Yeah, right. So he was uh, very truly a, a, a preacher and evangelist, but it's not like it was an um, official... Uh, ministry title in the Norwegian Lutheran Church. Well, the ELC. then he was hired by, there was a, a group within the ELC called the Commission on Evangelism. Okay. And they had traveling evangelists. Okay. And they hired him. But he was still a lay pastor. He wasn't ordained sure. because he didn't have a call to a congregation. Sure. Hmm. And so in 1959, 1960, um, the church gave him a call to the national church, mm -hmm. and he was the first person ordained in a wheelchair. Oh, oh. neat. Yeah, yeah. it was a very big event in our church, very big event. And that kind of made some national news, too. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to ask clarification on is, 
uh, for folks who may not know this, what is Luther League? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, we got back to that. <laughs> yeah. That was the kid. That was the youth stuff. Yeah, yeah. It and was there are a lot group. of people listening who what it was the youth group, and it was just called Luther League. And you met once a month, and and it was very active, and you had worship, and you had fun things, and whole families would come. If if I'm not mistaken, uh, and we had conventions and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. If I'm not mistaken, I think St. Luke in Wishick, North Dakota, still calls it Luther League. Do they? They I probably think, I think do. So. And if, if I'm wrong, hopefully we'll get uh, we'll get some <laughs> feedback to find out if anybody's listening in Wishick. The church that I was in in uh, Washington State up until 1996, yeah. we still called it Luther League. Hmm. I'm sure there are people who, you know, talk about our kids and call it Luther League. Yep. Yeah. You know, some of the people who grew up that way. But it was a very active group, and it, and it kept us kept us tied to the church. Yeah. And there weren't as many things then to pull us, sports things and stuff, to pull us away from oh, for sure. From yeah. those activities. There weren't all the things to do. But anyway, I grew up in that atmosphere. I went to a Lutheran College and um, Luther College at Cora, Iowa. Uh, became a, a working person in the Twin Cities, majored in sociology, graduated in 1973. When you graduated in 1973 with a sociology degree, you could be a bank teller. Mm-hmm. Or a bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or or uh, teach sociology. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or, go to, or go to graduate school. And I decided I hadn't liked sociology anyway. <laughs> so I became a bookkeeper. <laughs> and, and the place I worked for, and then eventually uh, part of the buying department of a company called Lampert Building Centers. Okay. Okay. And... Um, Lamperts were really good to me. I was with them for, I think, 19 years. But just a block away from that, a block away from that building where I worked was a church in St. Paul on Snelling Avenue called Emanuel Lutheran Church. And, um, you know, as a young person in college and early working time, it's easy, especially if you're a single person, to just kind of shove the church aside, no matter how you've been raised. Drift away a little bit. You drift. You drift. I mean... And, and I did. Mm-hmm. But um, this church was right there, and so I decided to try it. Well, actually, I tried another church that I won't name. <laughs> there was farther up Snelling. There was a beautiful building, a gorgeous place. And I wanted to go to that church because it was so pretty. Mm-hmm. I worshipped there for about a month, and nobody ever talked to me. Oh, wow. And other people kept saying, why don't you go to Emmanuel and try that? I walked into Emmanuel. I sat down in the pew, and a woman said, Hi, my name's Mildred Warwick. I don't think I've ever met you before. It's wonderful to have you here today. And that became my church home. Yeah, right. I'll always mm. remember Mildred Warwick's name. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, that church, I was now in my you know mid-20s and sometimes late 20s, um, <laughs> depending on the year. <laughs> <laughs> and they... They nurtured me, uh-huh. and they, I sang in the choir, and, and I was in the women's group, and they had a way, they had a lot of single women, all ages, who were very active, and they had a way of, I don't know what, what it was, but of just welcoming people, mm-hmm. and so I became very active, and, uh, and eventually I was on a committee for raising money for a capital fund drive, and um, it was there that. Ah, it was a 
Palms, uh, not a Palm Sunday, a Pentecost Sunday. We were going to have the final, uh, you know, temple talk. Mm -hmm. And through various incidences, I had come to be the one to do it because we were making the church accessible. And it made sense that with my family's life that I should be doing a temple talk about making God's home accessible. Because one thing I didn't say about my home on the farm, it was accessible. We had a two-story farmhouse. My family lived on the second floor, and we rented out the ground floor to other families. I had a father in a wheelchair. (laughs) My uncle, when my mom and dad first bought that house, built an elevator in the back of our house. So I was the only kid wow. who had an elevator in right. the house. It was so cool. It was like a freight <laughs> elevator, and it came into the bathroom. But uh, <laughs> I had an elevator in my house, and why shouldn't God's house have that too so that it's yeah. accessible to people? Exactly. Yeah. So on that, um, on that Pentecost Sunday, Pastor Bentley, who was my pastor, a wonderful man, had done this most fabulous sermon about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I had been nervous about giving the temple talk, and I got up there, and stuff just started pouring out of me. I didn't use a note. I just, and I realized that the Holy Spirit had taken over. Mm-hmm. For the first time in my life, I was now in my late 20s. Mm-hmm. And the first time in my life, I'm going, this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. This is the Spirit taking over for me. And I just started weeping. And my, my friends in the choir were sitting in a choir area just off to my left and in, in pews from the pulpit I was in. And, and they were looking at me, crying with me. And I started telling people, I said, these tears that are coming down my face are not tears of sadness or being scared or anything. These are tears of joy because I am experienced the spirit that he was just preaching about. Mm. And it's here for me and for you. And I was able to just like, it was the first time I'd kind of preached and um, that day when we went out, we raised all the funds we needed. Yay! <laughs> all in wow. one afternoon. Wow. And, uh, and I had lots of people coming to me, especially one man who was very encouraging, saying, well, when are we going to help you go through seminary, Becky? Oh, wow. Oh, nice. And it, no one had ever said that to me before. Mm-hmm. And I never even thought of it before because I was, you know, the first women to be pastors in the Lutheran Church were the women who graduated from college just a year before me, mm-hmm. and the real pioneers, and, and I hadn't even thought of that yet. Hmm. And so it was a few more years before it ever happened, but then it was my mother who one day, when I was frustrated with what I was doing, said, why don't you go do what we know you have to do? Wow. And so, again, I started weeping because I knew what she was talking about. And Three months later, I was in school, and I was 42 years old. That's so there you go, and here I am at Atonement now for 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, and I love what I do, yeah. mostly. Um, what was the woman's name who introduced herself? I forgot already. Mildred. Mildred, Mildred Warwick. Uh, that reminds me of, of uh, Pastor Becky coming up and saying, Hi, I haven't met you before, because you do that to everybody. Mm-hmm. Did you do that? Did I say that y- to you? You did. Ah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I do that because Mildred taught me. Yeah. That I hope she taught me well. That well, like I said, that it reminded me uh, of you. You do that a lot, and uh, one thing that always amazed me is, I'm sure you don't, but it sure seems like you know every kid's name 
in the church. Oh, and if I don't, <laughs> they realize it. So I, there are times when I go study the, uh, I have to go back in the, like in the, well, it used to be we had the, the catalog, I mean the Directory. photo directories. Yeah. But now I just go online and I'll look up a family and then I'll memorize the kid names because, because if, if I don't, if I say hi to some kids and I just say, hi, how are you, honey, to other kids, I've had moms call <laughs> me and say, he thinks you don't know his name. Oh, oh no. And I say, okay, I know his name. I'll use it from now on. And then I have to go, I might have lied a little bit to that mom. And so, <laughs> so you then made, I go. You, know, you made a promise. That's I all made a was. promise. I know his name. And from then on, I yeah. know the name. Like there's one family with a couple of kids this year, and I just work so hard. And finally, I know them all the time. <laughs> I, I just always thought, how on earth does she remember all these little kids' names? Well, I baptize most of them. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And, but you know, it's, and I don't have kids. God has chosen for me to be single, mm-hmm. which is fine. Some days I realize why, and some days you guys working around me probably realize why. <laughs> um, <coughs> and I've discovered, you know, I've discovered about myself, even though I can probably talk on end here. Um, I've discovered about myself, and I think I've told you guys this. Um, I'm really an introvert. Mm-hmm. And people at church will go, huh? <laughs> but I, the, the three months I spent at home this spring mm-hmm. by myself calling people on the phone from home, I really didn't mind it that much. Mm-hmm. And I find that I do get my energy from being alone. Mm-hmm. So that's okay with me. But I love the kids. I mean, the first time a little one comes up and wraps their arms around me, goes, Pastor Becky. <laughs> you know, it's just like the best the best. And then I forget the parents' names, but they're okay with that. That's so cool. I have to leave some of them behind. So I leave the parents' names behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's neat. So it's been fun here because, you know, the last few years I've dealt with the oldest and the youngest and the in-betweens. Mm-hmm. I've kind of been a generalist. I've done almost everything there is to do around atonement. Well, and Pastor Becky's the longest serving pastor. And I, I've said it to you on more than one occasion that, I mean, we, we have Senior Pastor Cross, mm-hmm. uh, we have me, uh, but really I think of you as the pastor of this church. because oh, you say that. Well, you've been in the lives of A our lot people, of people. Yeah. for, you know, uh, beginning to end. I'm marrying the ones that I confirmed and I'm yeah. Coming close to marrying the ones that I baptized. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not degrading what the rest no. of us do. It's just no, no, it's no, no, honoring. No. It's honoring I, I'm your attached ministry. Attached to a lot of families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's great! Yeah. And God gave me a family that I didn't have, and I have hundreds of kids. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> so it's just kind of it's just kind of cool, yeah. and that's the part you know that through all of this you know I talk about the the institution of my family or the institutions that I've been a part of. But the greatest thing that is in all of this, um, it's the faith in God mm-hmm. and and the grace of God and the things that he has given me and the things that he gives all of us. And especially when you think of the incredible gift of Jesus Christ and you just want to weep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just reading Psalm 145 before I came in. Ah, it's so beautiful. And... Uh, just how he takes care. He gives us what we need when we need it. He gives you your food in due season. He knows what you need when you need it. And he's always done that for me. 
and he's never left me behind. You know, there have been times when I've been frustrated with people and and weeping, and it, it happens to all of us, mm-hmm. and I've done it alone. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and yet, God brings me out of the worst parts and brings me into the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When I, you know, when I came to seminary, I had I had been fired from a job three years earlier and thought had no idea what I was going to do. And and was at one of my lowest uh, times, and then it was I got this call, and it's and it's an irresistible call. You'll know when you get it if you get it. A lot of us have calls, and and everything you do, vocation is a call in life. Whatever you're doing, and if you love it, it really is where God means you to be. Mm-hmm. But there's this call to public ministry, which all of us in this room actually do, ordained or not. I mean. Sarah, on your communications job through the church, you're doing public ministry every day. And if you're enjoying it, you know, that's God's call in your life. Yeah. But um, when, when, you, when you receive it and you realize this is what you're supposed to do no matter what your age, it's so emotional, so incredible to come to that point of this was it. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is what he's been training me for. This is the pain I've gone through. This is the joy I've gone through. Now I can share that with other people and I can understand their lives and, and understand their pain and things they've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that's... And share the Lord with them. It, I, I think you make a really good distinction in talking about public ministry. I mean, people can get sometimes wrapped up in, well, that person's an ordained pastor as compared to um, someone else who's also very involved in the church. But we believe in the priesthood of, of all believers. Um, and what a pastor really is is not someone who's higher or better than anyone else in the church. Oh, we're not? Well, oh. you are. Uh, <laughs> of course we're rather, not. <laughs> no, we are servants to the max. But what clergy are given are not special rights, but we're given responsibilities yep. for the sake of the gospel and for the people of God. To, yep. to, um, in, in oh, I a hope specific people don't role. think I meant that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm ontologically changed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You wanted to find that word? No. <laughs> ontologically. Okay. Do you know that word? No. You don't know the ontological that's an, word? That's an ongoing joke. Um, yeah, uh, I think you are also, aren't I you? am ontologically yeah. changed, yes. So uh, what this refers to is the, the idea that um, ministers, when they are ordained, if they are in the succession of pastors going all the way back to the apostles, they have been on to, they've been changed fundamentally in order to um, bring about God's grace in real time in the sacraments and through their prayers and blessing. It is how the the Catholic Church speaks about priests who are considered to be in a different spiritual um, category than a layperson, someone who's not ordained. And uh, the Lutheran Church, by the way, has never held to this way of speaking about the office of ministry. uh, Mm. But um, at one point within uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America in which I was ordained— And I— and, and Pastor Becky, uh, they, they had entered into a relationship with the Episcopal Church in America, and they also 
have this thing called the historic episcopate where their priests are thought to be in a line of succession going all the way back to the apostles. The reality about it is it's impossible to be able to see that succession. What that means is um, the pastor who placed hands on me had his, when he became ordained, his pastor placed hands on him going all the way back to Peter. Okay. And so you're given a special whammy. Mm. Um, and that's not what the Lutheran church uh, confesses or, or believes, but it's something that the evangelical Lutheran church in America entered into when they joined uh, in full communion or, or in a full relationship with the Episcopal Church in the United States. It's what caused the beginning of LCMC. Yes. And it's what caused Atonement Lutheran Church to leave the ELCA was that agreement. We can go into that another day yeah, and have yeah, a yeah. whole different discussion, which mm-hmm. would be really fun. Simple answer yeah. is they ended up saying that any new bishop in the ELCA had to have an Episcopal priest lay hands on them. Okay. And any new pe- bishop. What's that? Episcopal bishop. An Episcopal bishop, yep. And so any other um, new pastor in the ELCA could only be ordained with a, uh, a bishop laying hands on them, which had not been the practice for years. Okay. Okay. There you go. And so then in the weeds. with that touch, <laughs> you are changed. That's the on. You change okay. ontologically. Wow. So you are then able to... Um, rightly do the sacraments. Yeah, my tongue is in my cheek. <laughs> yeah, I you know I, I I grew a couple inches and became stunningly handsome. You know, and uh, yeah. just just saying the word ontological change it almost sounds like it should be like oh I have a sister she had a child I have gone through an ontological change I'm now an aunt. <laughs> I had that twice. <laughs> Sounds yes. to me like the wolf I like, man. It, like I was ontologically changed. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's funny. That was that conversation. <laughs> so here I am at Atonement Lutheran Church, twenty years later. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I'm sorry I got so involved. No, don't be. Well, when you're no. old, it just takes longer. <laughs> <laughs> There's more stuff there. Oh, well, I and lo- so I love so. It. You know, being at Atonement for 20 years, we, we got something to talk about. Um, a, a special anniversary is coming up for Atonement. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been here almost half of the life of Atonement. Yeah. Not quite. Two-thirds, almost. Atonement is 50 years old this year. Wow. They are right. into well into middle age. We hope not. Middle she doesn't look life. a day over 49. <laughs> I was going to say. Aged like fine wine. I know. <laughs> and so atonement just keeps getting better as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And it's always been a, ve- it's, it's just such a special place. Yeah. Just such a special place. And we're excited for 50 years and we, we're going to plan all kinds of wonderful events and have a exciting celebratory year. And it's hard to do because mm-hmm. of what's happened in our world mm-hmm. because of COVID. Right. And, um, <laughs> I like how you said that. COVID. I'm going to start doing that whenever I talk. Oh, we're talking about the COVID. The COVID. Well, it's just, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're going to start by doing some kind of celebrating on our rally Sunday that we are going to acknowledge that we are 50 years old and start celebrating then, and we'll see what happens into December. We actually started 50 years ago in December at the Bowler. Wow. On mm-hmm. University, 
where the pastor would sometimes have to clear the beer cans and the cigarette <laughs> ashtrays off of the bar before they started church in the morning. So where at in the in the for those of you who don't know the bowler is obviously the a bowling alley here in town, South, South University. University. Yep, just north of us, uh, and they have a, a base. Well. Downstairs is the bowling alley, but then upstairs mm-hmm. is uh, they have lots of other things. Mm-hmm. W- was it upstairs? Yeah, by the bar there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right in the bar. Yeah, there are pictures of it. Wow. Of Pastor Clark um, leading worship in the bar. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mark Soljum's family was a part of that. You know, wow. Ted was there at the time. He could. Ted Hobie, his brother, could yeah. tell you about it. Yeah. How long was it there? Until uh, you know? this got built. Till the first part of, of this church building was built, so I'm not I can't tell you for sure. Okay, a couple years well. maybe. And, and this then you see the pictures of this building. This building's had and some changes oh, yeah. too. It was a little square cracker box in the middle of a grain field because <laughs> there was nothing out here. No, no, nothing. It was out in the country. Yeah, and now it's kind of getting to be inner city. Yeah, yeah. For for sure. And if you see the the pictures uh in 97 the water was all around this place. Oh. Mm. You know, that was prior to um the ark and the education unit being put on in the west side. Okay. So the water was up to um like where the atrium is. Okay. Wow. Where that where the atrium starts, we were sandbagged, right? I wasn't here yet. But it was sandbagged up to that spot. Wow. And the whole church was sandbagged in 97, yeah. Yeah. And for those who don't know this, in 1997, we had, at the time, the uh, 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 biggest fl- flood from the Red River that we uh-huh. had up to that point. That was passed yeah. in 2009. But yeah. um, in, in 2009, did you, did you have to we leave? Didn't ha- we didn't have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 2009 was quite traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, We've been through a lot of stuff since I've been here. I forgot about that. 2009, at the point, university was just a two-lane road street in front of us, and it had about a 10-foot earthen dike all the way from 52nd up to 40th, and we couldn't get into the church. So we had child care at that time, so the child care closed here, and our child care director found places for all our kids around town where our people let us in with our kids and our workers. And... Um, we we were out of the building for eight weeks. Wow. And so we celebrated Palm Sunday at the West Acres Theater. We celebrated um, Easter Sunday and another one at um, the theater at South High. Oh, A couple wow. different times, the Assemblies of God allowed us to use their gymnasium in their church Okay, on the uh, 25th. So we had all kinds of wonderful. But that was the time when we discovered, and I think we're discovering it again this year. The church is not a building. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, the church is the people. And that's what we've discovered this year, too, because atonement, you're hanging in. Mm -hmm. And you're staying together, and we're streaming, and you're listening, and you're sharing in the ministry, and you want to participate, and it's wonderful. And I think it's a time when we've learned that the church is is the people of God uh, gathered around one another, caring for one another, loving one another, and... uh, yeah, one of the one of the most remarkable services we had was after we had been gone for two weeks, and uh, people, you know, were trying to keep track of each other. Some people had evacuated the city in two thousand nine, mm-hmm. but a lot of people living along the river. We had done 
tons and tons of sandbagging, literally tons. I'm not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had, I remember one day I shoveled for eight hours out by what was a, a mobile home park out here. I was in good shape then. Yeah, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. But um, we came together for a Wednesday night service. This was during Lent. Yep. So we yep. had to stop our Lenten services. Yeah, it was in the spring. <clears throat> and we were we got we gathered at the um, at the Assemblies of God Church and had a worship service and so many people were there. We were hugging and loving on one another and are you okay and what have you been doing? And and it was we just wept and loved one another. It was so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Atonement's a special place, that's what I'm yeah. saying. And I know every church feels that way about their church. And they are. But we really are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. <laughs> I love it. So, but, so 50 years. So if you can, you know, something that there's a group of us that have been getting together to talk about it. And I think something that we will, um, that we will raise up on that day is doing 50 acts of service and in the church, but we can do a lot more. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start with that, and I think what we're going to want is for people to let us know what they are doing to serve the community or serve in the world. Mm-hmm. And we're going to just start adding up 50 after 50 after 50 and just show what this church is doing in the world right now, even though we're not gathered together in the church. Oh, that's cool. And, and that's so we're going to introduce that, I think, on, on Rally Sunday. Okay. And, and w- continue that through the fall and the rest of the year and, and into two, 21 and when is Rally Sunday? It is uh, September the 20th. Mm-hmm. September 20th. Correct. I've been having issues with dates lately. So, so this <laughs> won't be heard until a week from now, right? Yes, but it'll be right before Rally. The, this huh? goes out. This it'll will be go okay. out. Because yep. I can't, it'll be like when we're talking about this, it's like this coming Sunday, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Brian, what time? What's going to happen on that day? Yeah, what time yeah. are worship? What time's worship that morning? Worship is at 9 and 10.30. Why, what do you mean? Just asking. <laughs> Where is it going to be? I mean, are we going to yeah, hang out in the church? What are we doing? We're going to be outside. We're going to broadcast from outside. We're going to invite people to come and uh, sit in their cars or bring their lawn chairs. We're going to be outside having a, a, I think somebody around here would call it a yabba-dabba-doo time. <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> do you know we should really cross. look into for that? What's that? I've noticed on my Amazon Prime now, one of the like videos you can get is literally the old timey drive-in commercials, like that you see oh, in the yeah. background of Greece. Oh, that's see, fun. like how legal is that to just put up on the jumbotrons that will be outside? Oh wait, jumbotrons? Oh. We're having jumbotrons. Yeah, All right. <laughs> yep, that's gonna... better than COVID. <laughs> it is food trucks, food trucks, jumbotrons, um, and my favorite. What's the that? bubble dance machine. The bubble dance. Oh, yes. The bubble so dance cool. party. If you haven't had a chance, get on the YouTube and watch the traditions service from Sunday, September sixth. Yeah, that was this last yep. Sunday, and you can see Pastor Paul Cross do the bubble dance party dance oh. uh, during his <laughs> announcements. That's right. <laughs> It looked a lot like his happy dance. <laughs> it well, th- it might have been the same one. He kind of has a short repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be great, though. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I yeah. closed my eyes. Did you? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
um, somebody real close to him. I was I was uh, with him that morning, and and he just put his forehead right in his hand, <laughs> shook, shook his head a little bit. I won't I won't name names. What else is happening this fall? Oh wait, you're interviewing me. Yeah. 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 What so else what is else happening what this else, fall? What else is happening this fall? <laughs> you know, uh, that reminds me though. Earlier, uh, we talked ontological, and we talked Luther League, and we talked a lot of insider baseball. Is there a way for people to sort of if they have questions, what if you have questions? Yeah. Uh, well, it's it, it, we are going to be doing something very special this fall. We um, uh, have Alpha coming, and Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. Um, but it means, it. Means, <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed something. What? Keep going. Keep going. But, Becky tried to mouth something to me, but she's got a mask on. Oh, okay. I tried to tell him good segue, but I had a mask on, so he couldn't tell. And it was so silly. Okay, I was so impressed with him. I'm mouthing to him with my mask on. This is like this is like Pastor Cross caliber uh, in the weeds. Oh, it's so I good. love it. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Shenanigans and tomfoolery. Skullduggery. Uh. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I'm what? so glad you asked that, Ryan. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. If Good you have segue. if you have questions, it's perfect because this fall we're going to be uh, having Alpha here, and Alpha is designed. It's 11 weeks to come and and ask the questions you've always wanted to ask. Discover what Christianity is really about, not what um, I guess kind of the bias could be. I mean. It, I, Every culture has its own idea of what Christianity is about, and mm-hmm. I think that um, Alpha is a good place to get back to the basics and discover what's what it what is what are what are the answers to the big questions that we have in life, mm-hmm. um, and a chance to to really discover those things. It's good for people who've been Christians their entire life. It's designed specifically for people who are not Christians to learn about what it is that that we Christians believe and, and who we are, what we do. I think it's a difference between faith and religion. Yeah. Mm. Some people think this is about religion. It's a religion's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Elf is about faith mm-hmm. and knowing why and, and wanting people to come to it, but not forcing it mm-hmm. and, and letting them ask questions. It talks about Jesus a lot. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Well, and one thing I really like about it Alpha too about is that it really is, you don't have to know the rules before you attend. You just come and, and check it out. And after mm-hmm. the first one, if you're like, no yeah, one will use the word ontological change. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not allowed to talk. We've set a strict uh, eight-letter word minimum <laughs> for the whole course. Um, <laughs> but for someone, you know, I, I think that people can have a hard time just going to church. And often the way that the church seems to try to share the gospel is we've built it. Now you come. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, when really Jesus says go, yeah, and Alpha becomes a great way for people in the church to learn how to invite others right. in their lives to come and experience the good news that we have. Yeah, and I think it's a, a neat thing for people who, you know, there are there are many people who um, uh, un, is it would be would it be unchurched or underchurched um, who, yeah. who who don't. Just or, don't understand, and, and it might be intimidating to come to church and not know what these people are talking about. Absolutely. And, and this is a good way to come in, and it's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, as as my colleague and friend here said to me the other day when I said, yeah, it's for the nuns. And she goes, without the habit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was my response, too. I'm like, oh, nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Those who say that they have no yeah. no religious affiliation. In I might way. have been the colleague. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> may, may or may not have. May or may not have been. Pleading the fifth. Yep. <laughs> Just so quick. Without the habit. So. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, so we're so we're gonna have Alpha. We yeah. did this at Atonement. I was just gonna ask if we've Back ever done it before. Two thousand one to about mm, two thousand six or seven, probably seven. So or eight. S- we did it for a long time here. We've had we had sev- hundreds of people from Atonement, hundreds, um, go through the Alpha course. Okay, it, but it kind of it ran its course here. Mm-hmm. Um, it somehow, pe- and it happens. Um, a lot of the people who had been leading it went into other leadership places in the church. I mean, it grew leaders in our church, and that was great. We had a hard time inviting, and that's the part I want people to understand now. Feel free to invite. It's what it's about. Mm -hmm. But there Mm -hmm. are also people right within the church. They've been here, and they still don't quite know, and they're afraid to ask. They don't quite understand something. Well, I don't want to ask a stupid question and look like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We want people to understand their faith and to grow in it. Right. And let that Holy Spirit that I was talking about that took hold of me, yeah. you know, 30 years ago, take hold of them. And so that's exactly. what we want. It's a place to feel comfortable asking any question about faith. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I really am. It's a booster shot for the lifelong Christian to grow in their faith, have, have kind of like a re, a restart in that joy um, and excitement. Um, and for the non-Christian, it's everything that you, it's the essentials. And um, we, everyone who attends is going to, going to experience something new. Mm-hmm. And if you have not done Alpha, even if you did it, you know, 2000 to 2006, 2007, if you've not done Alpha in the last two years, you've not done Alpha. It is um, completely new. It's, okay. it's you know, the gospel's the gospel. It's, you know, it's it doesn't change, but but the way that it is presented is, yeah. it is completely new. I was the one who did the talks before, and you can still do that if you want, but they have such wonderful videos now. Yeah. Wonderful speakers. The, the, yeah. And great speakers that you just can't help but, and I've watched it all, i what do we call it? My brain is failing me. When you watch something all in one weekend. Binged it. Binged it. You binged. I binged it. I binged Alpha all in one day uh, wow. last week, one day, just to check out all the, and it was and it was good. He still tells some of the same jokes. Oh, sure. But um, but it's really good. Yeah. Yep. So we're, we're battling COVID. COVID. What, how does that affect anything? Does it affect anything? COVID. Can people join online at all can they so what what we have right now is uh three different ways to experience alpha um for anyone at atonement that's already currently in a life group or if you want to join a life group these are established small groups in the church um people walking together all year long uh they are going to be experiencing alpha in their life group whether it's on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 
what whenever their usual life group time is mm-hmm. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. They'll be experiencing their life group in the place that they usually met. Okay. Where, wherever that may be. If there are people that are uncomfortable with meeting at someone's home that are uh, wanting to experience Alpha but are just not ready to go to uh, come here to the church or be in a life group, you can sign up to do Alpha online by going to atonement.live and following the links to the Alpha sign-up. And we would then do a Zoom group with them. Okay. Uh, and the other one is, uh, for folks who've never been through Alpha, we're encouraging them, if they're ready, to come to Atonement, come to come to the building on Wednesday nights at 6.30 beginning September 30th. Okay. And we'll be having Alpha on site as well. Uh, so those are the three options. Alpha on site on Wednesdays, uh, Alpha in small in your life group, wherever that life group meets. We're asking that you you not meet at the church in your life group uh, on Wednesday nights. You can meet at a different time. Okay. Um, and then Alpha online for anyone who is not ready to come into a building at this point. Okay. Which Wednesday are we starting? Wednesday, September 30th. Okay. Okay. We're also going to be doing a sermon series beginning on the 27th, coinciding with the Wednesday Alpha launch Okay. on Alpha. So it's going to, it's kind of like going to be like a lead in to the Alpha talk that everyone can experience through their life groups or through Alpha on Wednesday nights. Cool. So you get an idea of what the talks might be like a little bit. Yeah. You get a, you get a little, little taste. Just a, a taste teaser. of a taste of the talks. It's like an appetizer. Yeah. Yeah. Get a little, uh, just a little commercial. Well, and uh, just to give you an idea. Hopefully I mean, the times are right <laughs> on the commercial. <laughs> they are. The first the first talk is entitled, um, uh, I think it's like, there's got to be more to life than this. Okay. Yep. Just to give you an idea of what, mm-hmm. what these talks are like. And every week is is along those lines. It's it's questions. And Who boy, do people need that right now? There's yeah. more to life than this. Oh, for sure. Oh. For sure. Every once in a while, while I'm sitting home alone at my dogs, I'm thinking, there's got to be more than this. Yeah. And and I know that, you know, and I know there is more, but I know that there are people who don't know that, and that's what they got to hear. Yeah. One of the things that I like best about Alpha, and, and I'm like Pastor Becky, I used to um, do the, the Alpha talks myself, but one thing I learned from Alpha, even after being in seminary in all these places, mm-hmm. is I really l- learned to understand who the Holy Spirit is. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Um, and I think that's kind of a struggle for a lot of people. You get God the Father, you get God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit can seem really uh, smoky, misty, um, hard, to, hard to grasp. And I don't think you just learn about the Holy Spirit, you're going to experience the Holy Spirit. That's, what, it, that's just something, it's something you need to experience and not, that's a heart thing, not a head thing. Well, and like you were talking about... Uh, My that, own experience. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, this is... I grew, I grew up, I, like I said, I grew up daily in the church and, and the stories and stuff, but the Holy Spirit had evaded me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or I had evaded the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. one of the two. Yeah. And that was a point where I was ready and got hit over the head <laughs> and blessed. <laughs> so yeah. Alpha is coming. Alpha is coming. Come and be a part. And that is a part that's to like the, the, the heart of Alpha is going through a time that's called the Holy Spirit weekend. Mm-hmm. We still aren't quite sure how that's going to happen. Okay. 
Or do we? Well, I think we're we got we got some game plans. Okay, good. So we'll, and that's just the heart of it and really coming to know the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and what it's like. Yep. Neat. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Really fun. I had a friend last night who's not a youngster who I was talking to on the phone that said, I want to come to Alpha. I've never done it and I need to do something like this. Can I just come? And I went, yep, sign up. So this person's very excited, a very good friend of mine. Cool. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah, I think Pastor Becky, you said it best when it's not learning religion, it's learning or kind of experiencing faith. It's growing in faith. Growing. It's not, yeah. it's not yeah. it's just, but it's, it's learning about your faith and then mm-hmm. it's growing in faith. Yeah, because yeah. I think that, especially for me, I'm like, I feel like I learned a whole lot during confirmation about the XYZ's basics of, you know, yeah, Jesus, I, God, con- this, but not the full depth right. of. Confirmation is is catechism it's it's teaching the things of what we believe mm-hmm. alpha is not that <laughs> it's it's um it's re- it really is an experience of god's grace mm-hmm. uh and and growing in in, in faith discovering Exploring. faith yeah yeah okay. it really is and it's it helping you be more certain of if you're already in it and maybe uh, introducing you to introducing you to God, introducing you to his word, introducing to his son, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's neat. And the Holy Spirit, of course. Yeah. I think it's neat that it's, it's, um, it's also starting where you're at. Mm-hmm. You don't need mm-hmm. to be at a certain spot. Y- you start where you are mm-hmm. and go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yay. Yeah. I've been a part of about 12 alphas. Mm-hmm. I learn something every time. I experience wow. God every time. Uh, neat things are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, surprise me, God, could be your prayer. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. I think the retreats are some of the weekends were some of the best times that we had. I probably did it a few more than 12 times. Mm-hmm. Um but in the past, when I first started it, can I talk about those mm-hmm. now? Yeah. yeah. Or are we going over time here? No, you're oh, good. Okay. We got all kinds of time. Yep. Okay. <laughs> we had, there were many of us in town who were doing Alpha. And it was Hope Lutheran Church, and it was us, and it was First Lutheran Church. It was Atonement in uh, Valley City. It was the Vineyard and another church in uh, Detroit Lakes and uh, Knollwood. Uh, Covenant Church up north and the Methodist Church on 19th. And all of us got together. We're all doing Alpha in town, which cool. was just so cool. And then we all got together at one retreat. Oh, neat. At the Young Life Castaway Club on Pelican Lake. And we'd have like 250 people there. Wow. <laughs> for the Holy Spirit weekend. That's great. And and teaching that group and then doing a doing a Holy Spirit night of worship and talking about prayer and healing. And, oh, my goodness, those were times that were just phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. That's fun. That was great. But we don't have to have 250 people for the Holy Spirit to show up. No. Right. No. So we can do it other ways. But those are some of the really fun things that I remember about doing it when we first did it here in town. Mm. And Hope has kept doing it continuously all this time. So amazing. what does that look like? Because you said that uh, we did it here from 2001 to 2007 or 2000 to 2007, yeah. whatever it was. Sometimes D- I, when did we do it? No, uh, how does it look when you do it consecutively? Or is it just the, uh, the, the, the idea is that you go through it 
and then you loved it so much that you invite more people. That's and, the intent. Mm-hmm. And just keep and bringing. And people kept signing up. So we had different people every time. But then we had people who would sign up to be leaders and would go through it time and again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's what we need right now. We need mm-hmm. people to decide, I would like to be a leader. Or other thing we're looking for is for people to be prayer leaders. Mm-hmm. And if we have some prayer warriors out there listening to this who want to be prayer leaders and, and just pray for Alpha every Wednesday and during the week, you know, get a hold of Pastor DJ or myself, and we would love to hear from you. Yep. Neat. Yeah. That's neat. So, again, they sign up on atonement.live? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. September 30th, we get rolling with that. First first message is September 27th. That's a Sunday. Okay. And then the first uh, Alpha on Wednesday nights is September 30th. Yep. We, we have a lot going on here coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And it there's is. hardly anybody in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, they can always catch our services Sunday mornings, 9 and 10.30. Should we tell the story? We have to. Okay. You go ahead. Okay. So if you don't live in the Fargo-Moorhead area, or maybe if you don't listen to the radio in the Fargo-Moorhead area, we recently have started doing different radio ad commercials, you know, that type of stuff, just to kind of get people to recognize Atoma, get people to recognize the word, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So with Rally Sunday coming up, Ryan, we're like, oh, we're going to write this. We're gonna do the We're doing it all. Yeah, we're we're going in. We're gonna make him use the big who, mix, record us. Who better? This. Who better could than us to exactly. do this? Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes I think people are a little too trusting of our abilities. <laughs> and this a is a good better than us. You're actually talking about you, Ryan, and you, Sarah. It, it, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. So we go in. We're like, yeah, we got we we were ahead of the game. We wrote the script, proofread it, sounded great. Get it recorded. We get the backing music on it. We're listening to it. Oh, this is great. This is great. Was it Marjean? Marjean said 10 o'clock. And I, well, I said, well, yeah, I, I said nine too. 10, 10 o'clock, o'clock <laughs> Ryan? Oh, no. <laughs> Ooh. Yep. I put, I put, uh, I put the old uh, Echo Sport in drive and <laughs> back down to the radio station. <laughs> and they let you re record it? Actually, they um, did they dub it like ten thirty. No, that would have been COVID. If they would have suggested that, I would have said, "Sarah, you go down and you do it." So, so I went down there, and they just had me uh, re-record that one sentence that had the times in there, and then they dropped it in, and it sounded (laughs) nobody would have known. I haven't heard it. I have to go on the. I can hear it on KFGO. Mm-hmm. K- KFGO, uh, Froggy 99.9. 740, the fan. Yep. The, K-Fan. Yep. Uh, Y94. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke and... Good grief. Jack. Jack, 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 Jack should be our sponsor. Yeah. And 105? Is it 107.3. 107.3. I can't that's, the, that's the fan yeah. on... Okay. So, um, yeah, it should FM. be there, too. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that was fun. I, and I will say, too, that was... I strutted out of that oh, place, too. Well, I was like, that we was were, perfect. We were so Nailed confident. It. And I've had a couple, you know, mistype fails over my communications time here. Like, there was one year that the Easter sunrise service was very early. And I don't think I will ever stop hearing from Pastor Cross that it was early. But at least that was an easy enough situation to be like, Paul set your alarm earlier. You're fine. Yeah. But that... You yeah. got to fix that yeah, one. We, yeah, yeah. I buzzed back down there in a hurry. <laughs> oh well, we got it. Yep. It was yeah. got her done. Ro- rookie mistake. Got her yeah. done. Rookie got her mistake. 
So tell about Sundays again. Go go back to what we do on Sundays, where and when and how. Sunday mornings, 9, we have a traditions service. And at 10.30, we have a modern service. And uh, you can come into the church, or if uh, you don't, you don't want to do that. You're not comfortable. You have uh, you're out of town. Mm-hmm. You can go to Atonement.live or YouTube. Search on YouTube. You would search Atonement Fargo, and you can find our services live, or you can listen to them, watch them after the fact. If driving here is too far, since you're like in a different state or yes. in a different country, yes, you can always join us online. Absolutely. Yep, every week. I did it once this summer, driving back from Lake Hakuia mm-hmm. yeah. in my car. I I pulled YouTube up on my phone and I played the so I could kind of peek through my eye to see the guys in the ark playing music and on my phone, and then I could listen on my radio. It was great. Yeah, that's neat. So I worshipped live on my f- on in my car driving home. Your car. She's already done the the drive-in worship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was cool. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah, we have we have a ton going on. So rally Sunday. Uh, this now now I'm doing the same thing. Pull, it would pull, pulling the curtain pulling the curtain back. Does this <laughs> will this be out before? Ra- yep. Yes, it'll yes. be out before. It'll be the, so yeah, the yep. week before this Sunday, <laughs> September twentieth. <laughs> September twentieth. Yep, it's going to be fun. We're going to uh, broadcast live from outside, weather permitting. Um, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. So with that, Pastor Becky, thank you for coming in. This was fun. This was a good time. There it is. I'm getting better on the timing of my side effects. (laughs) You are. You are. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. I was feeling left out because I hadn't gotten to do it yet. Oh, we were, we were waiting for the opportune time. Right, yes. right, 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 right. Well, you've had so many great folks in here. Why should I be in here? Oh, no. You, no, no, really. I mean, you've done some great, great podcasts so far. Well, thank you. It's been really fun to listen. Thank you. It's been fun. It's been a blessing. It's been <laughs> neat listening to people's stories and mm-hmm. and uh, getting uh, getting some questions answered that, that we have. It's been fun. Yeah. So... Again, thank you, Pastor thank Becky. You. And um, I went through all the Sunday morning stuff, so I'll just end with, join us next week for another riveting episode of that podcast. He's going to pray us out of here, Ryan. Oh, we got to pray out of here. Thank you. I was oh. wondering if you ever did that. We do. We do every okay. week. I, I forget so. every week. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and it's not even a shtick. It's truly just Ryan yeah, forgets it. Just, yeah, same as 10, well, 10 30 Sunday morning. There's three of us in here. And <laughs> yeah. it happens. Becky, would you please pray us out? Sure. Heavenly Father, oh, thanks for this great time. Thanks for my great friends around the table, and thanks for everybody who's listening to this. Um, we thank you for the gift of the church, which is sometimes a building, but more often than that, it's the people. And so we thank you for 50 years of atonement. We thank you for celebrations coming up. And we thank you mostly that we have a Lord to celebrate. And so we pray our prayers for all the people who are listening, for all the people of our congregation, for the people of the world, that they may know the Lord's blessing today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you all for joining us. See you next week.